Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. We want to welcome you today to Horizon Church. I just, and we want to welcome Princeton and anyone else who's watching at any other time. You are welcome in this house. I just want you to know that Pastor Craig and Shanda are not here. They are ministering uh, at a Church Untitled. Ryan Johnson is the pastor there. It is their sixth anniversary. And they're they're very much part of us in the fact that we relate to them, they relate to us, in the fact that I've I've known Ryan Johnson since he was in school uniform. And now he's God raised him up to be a mighty man of God. He's the son of Paul Johnson, PJ affectionately, right here in our own congregation. So we're just so thrilled that they can be a blessing to them. So how are you all doing today? Pretty good? Dave, you're doing good? Carolyn, pretty good? Excellent. Maya, doing good? And the guy next to you, Bill, you're doing okay? <laughs> Wonderful. Sorry, I won't ask all of you how you're doing, but it's just such a delight to be with you this morning. Today is Pentecost Sunday. If I was to give a title to my message today, and it's interesting how the Holy Spirit has already moved, it would be light us on fire again. Light us on fire again. And so we, we, we want to cast our minds back. If you could just cast your minds back to seven weeks ago, 50 days ago, we celebrated Easter. We celebrated the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus was resurrected, the Bible tells us that he walked for 40 days upon the earth. He was seen by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And when he was here, he said to his disciples, as those 40 days came to a close, he said to his disciples, listen, I want you to go up to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you and my church. And so then they they saw Jesus ascend into heaven and they went and they waited in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came. And that leads us into our reading today, taken from Acts 1 verses 8 to 11, and then we'll go into Acts 2, 1 to 3. And so Acts 1, 8 to 11 says this, you... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me, Jesus, everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. After saying this, Jesus was taken up into, the, into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into 
to heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Acts 2 verses 1 to 3. And when the day of Pentecost came, because remember they were waiting, they were obedient servants in Jerusalem waiting. And when the day of Pentecost came, that was 50 days after the Passover ceremonies when Jesus was crucified. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word and everyone said amen. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for your bread of life today. Your word is bread to us. Your word is life to us. So, Father, we're asking that you would break the bread of your word and feed it to us so we can digest it and it can give us energy and fire and enthusiasm for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Get on fire for God. Get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. That is today a famous quote from John Wesley, the revivalist, the evangelist, the founder of the Methodist church. Get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. You know, there is something, am I too loud? Am I okay? Okay, there is something about fire. I remember back in Zimbabwe, I was lined up in the pharmacy waiting for a prescription. And everyone, as everyone does in Zimbabwe, we're all talking to one another while we're waiting because we're used to lineups. And we're talking to everybody and suddenly someone came through the door and his leg was in plaster all the way up to his thigh. His left arm was in plaster all the way up to his, uh, to the, to his shoulder. And he had a crutch under his right arm and he, and he was, he was kind of hobbling in. And one of the people in the line, just two people just from me, said, Oh, John, I'm so glad to see you. I heard about the attack. And of course, that got everyone's attention. In Zimbabwe, everyone turns and listens. <laughs> Even the pharmacist popped his head around the dispensary and you must know that's quite something. <laughs> I know that because my dad was a pharmacist and pharmacists don't pop their head around from the dispensary very often. He said, it's so good to see you. What happened? And everyone says, he says, you know, I was in Mana Pools in the game reserve in Zimbabwe by the Zambezi River with five other of my friends. And you know, there was a lot of activity in the area. There was a lot of lion around. And so we decided to start a, a really make a big fire. And we all slept around the fire and we agreed that we were gonna go in shifts and people were, we were, you know, every hour on the hour type scenario, or one and a half hours, someone was gonna get up and stoke the fire with wood. And then I woke up in excruciating pain. 
I was being dragged. My head was bobbing up and down and my arm was up like this. I was on my back and I was in excruciating pain and a lion had my left leg and he was dragging me away from the guys around the fire. And I started screaming and shouting. And my friends woke up and they started screaming and shouting at the lion. And then suddenly the lion dropped my leg and, I, and he, he pounced and I put my hand up and he snapped my arm. And then suddenly and miraculously he ran away into the bush. And then he said, now this, then he said, <laughs> I says that all Daniel says. You stole my punchline. <laughs> no, 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 he didn't. This is what he said, and I'll never forget it. We should have never let the fire go out. The fire went out, and he got taken. Honestly, folks, if you want to protect yourself in the bush from wild animals, you need to light a fire, but you need to keep the fire going. Wild beasts, they'll watch from a safe distance when they see the fire ablaze and they'll stay there. But when the fire dwindles, I can assure you I know this, they will come closer and closer, little by little. And if the fire dies down, they know it. And before you know it, they're looking right at you from, you know, and you can't even see them. And let me tell you this, those on the periphery <laughs> never be on the periphery, on the outside. Those on the outside will be the first ones to be taken. Those ones on the outside will be prey first. And guess what? If the fire dies down completely, everyone becomes prey. For this reason, dear hearts today, everyone should be quick to come to the center where it's hottest. Don't stay on the outside. Get on the inside where the fire is the hottest because where the fire is the hottest, it is the safest. Today is May 28, 2023. It's Pentecost Sunday. And I'd like to invite us to allow the Holy Spirit to light us on fire again. Are you willing? I am. I really am. Dear friends, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing of God upon our lives. We need the fire of God in us. The world in which we live has gone crazy. That's all I'm gonna say because you know it. And if you ever needed the power of God in your life, it's now, today. Can somebody please say amen? amen. We are in a spiritual battle. This spiritual battle is raging. And the enemy is taking people out all the time or trying to take people out who love Jesus all the time. Did you know, and I just want to remind you this morning that we are in a spiritual battle. 
There is no discharge in this war, this spiritual warfare that we are in. This war is not over until it's over. And did you know this? You cannot make a private peace treaty with the enemy. You see, this enemy is the father of all lies. This enemy is the deceiver of the brethren. This enemy will always try and deceive you and distort things and, and offend you and all that sort of stuff, right? The enemy that we're fighting, which we can and do have power over, but if we're on the periphery all the time, like a roaring lion, he comes along. It's not good to be on the periphery. You gotta get in where the heat is. So there's no such thing as making an agreement with this enemy. There's no such thing as making a peace treaty with this enemy and saying something like, you know, okay, devil, if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. No. No, it's not like that. It is not like that. Most of us recognize, I think, that emotionally and psychologically at some time in our Christian experience, we've made a truce with the devil and we've said, you know what, I won't cause you too much trouble if you won't cause me too much trouble. I don't know, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But you see, Horizon Church we are called of God. We are called of God. Can you say amen to that? And we're called of God to inflict some real damage on the gates of hell. That's why we are at war. And we're at war because he, the devil, is at war with you. Let me put it to you this way. I am not at peace with the one who wants to destroy my soul. I am not at peace with the one who destroys souls, who wants to destroy mine, who every time I give him the slightest inch, he takes my face and just absolutely, you know, puts it into the dirt and laughs at me. He ridicules me. He ridicules my faith. He ridicules my Savior. And everything I believe in, He is unmerciful. It is just, it's, it's, it's so difficult to me to even try and explain to you how unmerciful our enemy, the devil, is. He has no mercy. He has no compassion. Zero, nothing, naught. You're at war with him because he's at war with you. And there is no peace with this kind of adversary. So that's why Jesus gave us the armor of God. He gave us the precious Holy Spirit that the fire of God could burn in us and that the zeal of God God is in us and that we could speak the word of God to the enemy and destroy him instead of him disrupting and putting us off course. You know, recently I've been thinking about what the apostle Paul meant when he talked about being fervent in spirit in Romans chapter 12 and the 11th verse. 
in the New King James Version, it says this, not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I come to find out that the Greek word, because I looked it up, the Greek word for fervent is zeo, which means boil with heat. So you could read that verse, not lacking in diligence, boiling in the heat of the Holy Spirit serving the Lord. I like that. I like that a lot. So this means that we have a mandate from Jesus to keep the fire of the Lord hot in us, burning in us, no matter what the spiritual climate is around us. Amen? My life is not gauged by the spiritual climate. My life and yours is gauged by Jesus and His Holy Spirit. He has spoken to you as He's spoken to me. He has changed your life. And He's changed mine. And he has proven himself to you and he has proven himself to me on countless occasions. Why should I doubt him now? I am sure that all of us can remember the very pointed quote about being hot or cold in the book of Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 and 16 which says this, I know all, I, I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That scripture has always been with me. I always seem to remember that scripture wherever I am. Now listen, none of us, are you okay everyone? You still with me? Listen, none of Betty, we don't want to be distasteful to the Lord. We, we don't want to shame God. That's not our intention. None of us want to, to, to do what he does not want us to do. None of us want to be viewed as tasting like lukewarm soft drink that's lost its fizz. Ugh, gross. Have you ever done that in the old can? You know, lukewarm pop, lost its fizz, you spit it out. It's not pleasant. It's not supposed to be like that, right? Right, and we too are not supposed to be like that. So here are six ways I want to mention to you this morning to reignite your fire for God again. Number one, feed the flames in your heart with the word of God. In Matthew chapter four, verse four, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version here, it says, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. That's a very interesting verse, and I've noticed something over the years in Christianity. 
that we Christians have practiced, and I'm not sure how to put this, we practice what I term as theological, uh, theological reductionism, and we have changed the word of God by our religious traditions. So that, have you found yourself doing that? Matthew 4.4, 4, you read it this way, Christians shall not live and be upheld and, and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. But guess what? The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say Christians. The Bible says man, which means mankind. And that means Christians and non-Christians alike. What Jesus means is that there are huge implications to this. That means that God Almighty only has one standard for the entirety of humanity. And that is standard is the word of God. And God, through the Bible, if you read the Bible, God will hold the saved and the unsaved accountable to the word of God. Why? Because man or mankind shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is for mankind. Remember, for God so loved the world. That means that the word of God is a standard by which Jesus Christ wants all of us to live by. However, we know this, that we see that the world does not receive the standard of the Word of God with joy because we are in a spiritual war. Listen, I confess to you, I'm human. Sometimes I get tired, sometimes I get worn down. But foolish of me, I should regulate my life a bit better. But the fact of the matter is we're human. And we do. And I think for the most part, you know, there have been times when God's church has developed what I call polite Christianity. And polite Christianity makes an accommodative deal with the surrounding culture. I want to stand up for the Word of God. I want to lead as a man of God. We try not to upset the apple cart by forcing issues of calling our cities to the standards of God's word in our own individual lives, in our work lives. I even know people, unfortunately, I know people who have stood for righteousness that have lost their jobs. And they said, I'm sorry, I cannot do that. Jesus changes us and he gives us a standard to live by and he gives us his Holy Spirit in order to do what he has called us to do. So what am I talking about? What I'm saying is, when I'm talking about feed the flames with the word of God, what I'm talking about is, is not just dutifully doing our daily devotions Oh, I did them, but I can't remember a thing. I, I'm not talking about dutifully doing our daily devotions with sleep-filled eyes in the early morning before we go to work. I'm talking about hunger. I'm talking about being hungry for what Jesus has for us in his word. 
And I have to confess to you because I'm preaching this today, I had to repent. Because even pastors, sometimes we too get so busy and we skim over things we shouldn't. Is that okay if I say that? It's the truth, Mark. It's the truth. That's life. But you know, the Spirit of God is so gracious to us. It's about hungrily searching the Scriptures for the voice of the Lord within the pages. Just like when the disciples on the road to Emmaus they, they, who, who, who had their hearts set ablaze when the scriptures were explained to them by Jesus in Luke 24, verse 32. We need to dig more into the scriptures and allow the Lord to set our hearts on fire even more. Secondly, we need to stoke the furnace with prayer. Oh, Mike, did you have to bring that up? Yes, I did. Stoke the furnace with prayer. Now, there are three things we need to have a blazing fire. Fuel, oxygen, and heat. Prayer is the oxygen we use to stoke the flames high. That's what prayer does. Spending time in prayer is spending time in the presence of God. And the presence of God is the air that our souls need to be on fire. Fire illuminates, fire warms, fire refines, fire purifies, fire consumes, but fire also brings or creates new life. And the Bible refers to fire when it comes to revealing the omnipotence of God. In the New Testament, fire is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember John the Baptist? He promised that there would be one who would come after him who would baptize with fire. So fire is a sign of the presence of God, of the Holy Spirit, and by the way, of judgment. In Acts, the scriptures that we read in chapter two, verses one to three, in Acts, the tongues of fire represent the presence of the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Oswald Chambers, who many of us, I'm sure, have heard of and know, was a great prayer warrior. He was an intercessor, a great man of God. And he, he puts it quite bluntly when he says, prayer is the vital breath of a Christian. Prayer is the vital breath of the Christian. Not the thing that makes him alive, but the evidence that he is alive. Wow. Is it evident to the world that you and I are alive in Jesus? And when we pray, we are breathing. Now I want you to do something. I want you to take a deep breath and out. Now this time, I want you to take a deep breath in and then when it comes out, I just want you to worship the Lord. Breathe in. 
Oh, we bless you, Lord. We honor you. Give praise to his name. One more time. Oh, Lord our God, you are maker of heaven and earth. You see, that's just like praying, breathing. It's a beautiful thing. We're taking in the vital element that gives life to our soul. When we pray, we must understand that creator God is with us. He is with us. But you know, like you, sometimes, you know, my mind plays, kind of plays tricks on me. And, uh, well, I kind of get messed up because maybe I'm watching too much television. I'm listening to too much news. And I like the news. I don't like what's on the news. I like being up with the news. But I tell you, I, have, I, I can hardly listen to the news <laughs> these days. And what I have found is when I watch too much of the news, of doom and gloom, you get my drift, of everything that's going on in the world, I kind of, sometimes my mind can be messed up. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. Who owns planet Earth? Who owns this world? Is the planet owned by the devil and the Antichrist? Or is the planet owned by the Lord? I'll answer the question. The planet is definitely owned by the Lord. There's no question about it. The word of God declares in Psalm 24 in the first verse that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and they who dwell in it. Be encouraged. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 26 says, For the whole earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it. And so I ask myself the question when I get to doubting, oh, Pastor Mike, Yes, even Pastor Mike has to check himself thoroughly from time to time, I can assure you. Why is it then that we believe or act as if we believe that the planet or this earth belongs to everyone but the Lord? Why is it that we believe that God is not in control? Sometimes we believe that other things are in control. Why is it that we believe that He has the power to redeem us and not the power to see us through in life? What kind of cross and resurrection? I say to myself sometimes, Michael, come on, what kind of cross and resurrection do you really believe in? It's probably just me. <laughs> That's okay. I get these checks from time to time. Number three. Okay, we're going to move fast. One of the things that keep, uh, worship the Lord with extravagance. That's number three. You know, I think we had a taste of it in the service this morning. Wow. Worship the Lord with extravagance. What do I mean by that? Simply this, one of the things that keeps fire, contain, uh, fire small is containment. Containment. We cannot have a big fire in a small metal box, for example. But the way to break these walls of containment is to worship the Lord in extravagance, just like we had a taste in the worship time today. In other words, 
We have to go beyond our own comfort zone. We all have comfort zones. We've got to learn to go beyond our comfort zones for Jesus. Let us go beyond this comfort zone of self-consciousness, of pride, and let us offer up sacrifices of praise with our lips in greater degrees, in greater degrees that are, com that, that are comfortable with. Let us make praise and worship a true sacrifice. It really does take everything within you to worship the Lord. So let us firmly decide that we will praise God in a more vocal, uninhabited way from today than we have ever done before. Let us challenge ourselves. It's good to challenge yourself. You know, you have personal bests when you run. You want to beat your time from the last or whatever, it's, whatever you do, a walk or whatever. You want to beat your personal best. Well, why not even challenge ourselves in, in, to learn how to, to raise our hands, to bow our knee, and even sometimes to fall face downward to the floor in worship. You see, these things will break down any wall of containment where we are keeping the fire in a small metal box. Number four, very quick one, bring your flame closer to other flames. And all I'm gonna say on this one is this, you know when you light that big campfire, it's a huge campfire. You go to sleep at night, you wake up in the morning, oh, and you look at the campfire and guess what? There's still some embers that are alive. There's still some charcoal there. So what do you do to make another fire? You bring all of those embers together in the center and guess what happens? Another fire starts. So bring your flames closer to the other flames. This is why we should never live the Christian life in seclusion or isolation because God has called us to community. Number five, just two more. Can you make it? Number five is start making your fire useful. Wow, what do you, what do you mean, Mike? Well, I'll say this, that spiritual passion is ignited when it's been used to serve others. If you've ever served others, your spiritual passion will ignite. Start using the gifts and the talents that God has given you to help others. Every single one of us, Jay, has a gift and a talent. Majoro, every single one of us has a gift and a talent. You are no exception to the rule. You are no exception. You have a gift and a talent that the body of Christ needs desperately. Yeah, we need you. We need your gifts and talents. I, 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 I haven't got all the gifts and talents. I can't do it all. 
The staff can't do it all. The leadership can't even do it all. We need to grow our gifts and talents, and that's you out there. May the Lord Jesus challenge you. You see, every believer in Jesus has been given a gift and a talent. There are no exceptions. And you must face your fears and stretch your faith as you begin to step out. So when you become obedient to stop burying your gift and your talent, and start investing them in the lives of others, then you'll be given even more in your life. The final one is spread the flame. Spread the flame. I'm talking about sharing your faith, evangelism. The biggest thing we can, the thing we can each do is to raise our spiritual temperature and light the fire of God in our lives. And that comes by spreading the flame. There is nothing more exciting I can say than leading a person to faith in Christ. You know when you lead a person to Christ, your faith just swells and grows. You feel on top of the world. There is nothing more exciting. I guarantee if you step out of your timidity and share the gospel with your neighbor, your co-worker, the server at the restaurant, the person on the bus, whoever God puts in your way and you sense that there is an opportunity for you, I would say share Jesus with them. Share your story, what God has done for you. And your spiritual temperature will rise immediately by 30 degrees. Well, just as John Wesley said that if you light yourself on fire, men will come for miles to watch you burn. I would challenge us all and I'm speaking to myself. I would challenge, challenge yourself this day to speak of your faith, to share, of your, share your testimony, to bless somebody you're with, to pray with somebody who needs a touch from Jesus. Would you just bow your head I'd just like us to do something this morning. Honestly, Daniel and I didn't speak at all. He's already done actually what I wanted to do, but I'm gonna do it again. We need to have honest reflection and repentance in our life. I've had to repent this week of a number of things that I've been holding back on. I don't know what's happening in your life and what season you find yourself in. But I ask you now, as you just bow your head, I want you just, and I'm literally reading off my notes, which I put down about a week ago. Let us repent for not living the way Jesus wants us to live. 
If you need to still, because we've already did that this morning, but right now, if there's something that you need to repent for because you're not living the way Jesus wants you to live, I want you to ask Jesus to forgive you. Name it and then ask God to forgive you and to wash you and to cleanse you. I want you to do that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Oh God, we repent, Lord. We repent of our selfishness and pride. We repent of our busyness and our way and not yours, our time and not yours. We repent, Lord. We ask your forgiveness, Jesus. We ask your forgiveness. Jesus. Now, could I ask you to stand with me, please, as we remain in an attitude of worship? Just stand with me, please, if you can. If you need to remain seated, that's okay. Now, I want you just to worship Him. I want you just out aloud, just like I'm talking to you now. I want you to start worshiping the Lord. Worship the Lord in your mother tongue. If you're from another country and you have another mother language, worship the Lord in your mother tongue because it's, it's connected to your heart. Just begin to worship Him and thank Him for His love, for His forgiveness. Lord, we worship You this morning. Just speak it out, everybody. It's okay, no one's listening, just Jesus. Lord, we thank You, we bless You. We thank You for Your forgiveness. We thank You for Your love over our lives. And Lord, we worship You. We worship You this morning. Oh, we worship You this morning in our mother tongue. We worship You this morning in our spiritual language. Lord, we worship You this morning with everything that is within us. Oh Lord, we love You, we love You. Now just begin to tell the Lord how much You love Him. And then begin to start to sing. Begin to start to sing. Oh Lord our God. Oh Lord our God. We worship You, Lord. We worship You, Lord. We glory in Your name, O Lord. Hallowed be Thy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just concentrate on Him. Worship Him. Jesus. Just discipline yourself. You're a disciple, a disciplined one. We're not finished yet. Just discipline yourself. Just worship Him. 
worship Him. Now we're going to worship him in a song. Think of your life as you sing this song.
God, we say yes, Lord, to what you've called us to do and be. We say yes, Lord, to your Holy Spirit in our lives. We say yes, Lord, to move more and more through us. Lord, would you awaken us? Let your fire burn within us once again. Oh God, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your church. Thank you, Lord, for the saints of God. Thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're not an it or a thing. You are a person of the Godhead. And you are alive and well in us. You walk alongside of us. You speak to us. And Lord, we're asking that we will listen carefully. That we would open up our spiritual ears. That we might hear what you are saying to us as a people corporately and as individuals. Father, thank you for your fire. May we never allow the fire to go out. May you keep us from the periphery. And may we once again step further and further inside, close to the fire, the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of Jesus. And if there's anyone here today, you say, Pastor Mike, I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. We would love to pray with you. If you came with a friend, speak to your friend. If you want to speak to one of us up here, please feel free. We want to show you Jesus. We want you to receive Jesus because He makes the difference between life and death. Hallelujah. And now, Father, I bless. I bless this church called Horizon in the precious name of Jesus. As we go, Lord, may we go full of your fire within our bones. And may the zeal of God consume us once again. For we ask these things in the name which is above every other name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.